Um, thanks for taking the time to speak with us. Busy week, right? Yeah, but uh, always a pleasure. So uh, happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, it's an incredibly busy week, right? Yes, it is. And um, I have uh, actually I have a deadline for an opera that I'm writing. So <laughs> that's like that's eating everything else that I'm doing. So these things happen in between and then occasionally, well, something uh, goes wrong. But <laughs> here we are. <laughs> a deadline for an opera. You have to yeah. elaborate on that. Well, in, in my daily life, I'm a classical composer, actually, and I have been for many, many years. And um, they asked me for this um, wonderful project. Uh, um, I don't know if you know the composer Monteverdi. No. Uh, Renaissance, early Baroque uh, composer. It's the guy who invented opera as we know it. And um, there's a dedicated ensemble in the Netherlands who specialize in their music. And we are reconstructing and... Uh, his second opera, which got lost. So we're making a new opera based on the libretto that was left. Um, and I add my own uh, things to it. But uh, of course, it's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of pages that need to be written. And um, uh, they're breathing down my neck, even though the premiere is only in March. But well, that's my that's my job, let's say. So that's my <laughs> that's my daily bread, stuff like this. Wow, that is incredible. We're supposed to be talking about Dark Fortress, but that is so <laughs> incredible. <laughs> oh, glad, glad you like it. But we can talk about whatever you would like to. <laughs> so is this an enjoyable period for you, the lead up to a release? Or is it kind of the thing you just want to get out of the way now? Uh, honestly, I do find it enjoyable. Uh, and well, occasionally it's just that um, the other things you have to do in life sort of prevent you from just you know, enjoying the anticipation till finally the thing is out. Mm. Um, in general, I always like this period because it means that we have done our work, <laughs> you know, and and it's it's more the 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 days and weeks leading up to the final delivery of the master to the label, which is really stressy, mm. and um, you know, to get everything finished in time, to get it all mixed, to get all the things to get all the um, extras extra recordings of guest musicians and the artwork and the cover and the booklet and the press note and all these things uh, done on time that's usually the stressiest part and what happens between that and the release is just basically interviews and stuff like that yeah. and that's actually fun because you know it's easier to to talk than to uh, <laughs> to record. <laughs> so. Even though you could potentially be repeating the same things with over and over again in interviews. Yeah, yeah, we do, but that's the <laughs> that's the nature of it. And I have to say, because I mean, it's fantastic that um, Century Media are um, releasing all our albums because this means we get to do interviews with people from all over the world. Mm. And uh, even though everybody starts out with the same questions, sometimes it goes in really unexpected directions. And uh, that can be very enjoyable also because, um, I mean, first of all, it's, you know, it's an honor to be asked about what the hell you were thinking when you were writing something <laughs> to begin with. And, um, well, some people just have a... Um, they have their own way of, of maybe asking the same thing, which prompts you to answer in a slightly different way. So, yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I really don't mind. And it's uh, it's it's surprising enough to not become totally tired of it. And I mean, we are hardly Iron Maiden. So, you know, it's not hundreds of interviews, but maybe, you know, uh, two dozen or something, which is OK, smeared out over a couple of months. So that's fine. I mean, this period, as I say, at this point, it's out of your hands now. You've done everything you possibly can do. We're literally exactly. days away from the release. But this isn't new to Dark Fortress. I mean, Spectres no. from the Old World is the eighth album over a 26-year period. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that time, it almost seems unreal. <laughs> yes, well, I mean, I'm I'm turning 47 this year, so... I, I'm afraid I got used to 
catching myself talking about things I did 20 years ago, 30 years ago, even, you know, I had my, I think, when was it? Two years ago, I had my 30 year anniversary of playing metal shows. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's, um, it's just something that you learn to accept as you become older and older and older and older. But, and of course, you know, you're, you're busy with the present. So you're not, you know, you're not sitting down saying like, okay, let's write an album, but it's the eighth album. No, you you do what you always do, and then occasionally it hits you like, oh yeah, it's been over a quarter century. <laughs> My God, we are old. <laughs> yeah, but as you, the time just flies by, and as you say, living in the present, and each album is inevitably going to sound fresh, at least to your ears. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and from this this new album, it appears to be a kind of re-energized and certainly reborn Dark Fortress. Is that something that you felt? Um, yeah, in a certain way, but maybe not um, only as you would expect, because mm -hmm. we did um, after the after the last two albums where we gave ourselves the time and space to let's say develop the the more epic side of yeah. uh, of our music, meaning songs that get longer and longer and songs that take a lot of time also for the clean sections and stuff like that. It was something that uh, a few years ago uh, was very important for us to fool around with because it brought something, um, yeah, a bit more diverse to what a black metal band usually does. And despite mm. the fact that these elements have always been present uh, in, in on every album of Dark Fortress, um, we did have a feeling this time around that maybe it would be good to um, to to try and make something a little bit more compact again and uh, less, mm, let's say, uh, opulent in duration and stuff. Um, which is just it, it was just something that that we wanted for ourselves, just because we've been focusing on other things in, on previous albums. So it doesn't. Um, as far as that is concerned, it's hardly a new direction that we took. It's just we shifted the the ratio between the brutal parts and the and the more epic parts a little bit towards the the compact side. Mm. But I will say this: um, I mean, in this band, we have a very clear captain of the ship. Uh, Visantura is clearly the boss of the band. Mm, and he writes the overwhelming majority of the songs, at least in their instrumental form. So mm. it is very much always his vision, the, the entire album. Uh, but then, of course, what I add with the lyrics and the vocals and also all the other members, whether it's the second guitarist mm, coming up with a song as well or the yeah. drummer adding his beats and stuff. I mean, it, it always is a combination of the ideas of different people, the final result, even though the, 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 the first impulse and the general vision comes from one guy. Mm. Um, but nevertheless, you always, I mean, we, what always takes us most time during the songwriting phase is to, to, to find each other because Santura has a very clear vision, vision and that's very good. But um, without the contributions by everybody else, you would hear a different band. Mm. So, so um, this just to explain a little bit how it works in this band. And this time around, I have to say, it's, it was harder than before to find common grounds, let's say. I mean, it, it sounds more dramatic than it is, but um, usually it was, it was never really a big problem at the end to all agree on a certain version. And this time around, there was more of a rift between, um, let's say, the, 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 the traditional and the progressive forces, which we all have both of them. But yeah. um, it, it wasn't as um, automatic as before to, to find the right balance between these things. And there were quite a few moments that we weren't really sure how to, you know, how to bridge these, um, these little chasms, if you want to call it like that. And at the end, I think, uh, it came down to Santura then making a decision. And I find it also important that a band has somebody that can make such a decision if there's yeah. disagreement. 
and everything very amicable and and we, we didn't fight or anything but um it was a bit of a of a more complicated birth in that sense than than previous albums so in that sense i do feel a little bit reborn just because it's been more of a struggle to to get it all done and i have to admit as well that um I wasn't sure about some songs when they came as demos. And of course, in a demo, you don't hear the finished version. And mm. he knows what he has in his head, how the, the final result should sound. But um, for, for the rest of us, sometimes it's really necessary to, to record it, to finish it, and to have it mixed and mastered in its final form to finally understand like, oh, yeah, that's the role of this section or the role of this song or yeah i didn't like the song so much mm. listening to its own but in the context of the album it makes sense and this is i don't know for me this is always the most magical process while making an album seeing songs grow and changing your opinions every day about certain songs you know your favorite song one day yeah a week later it may be sort of a can a candidate to maybe leave out <laughs> and then yeah. and and like this it's it's a very dynamic uh, uh process until everything is ready and when it was ready so when i got the, the final mixes and i could finally sit down and listen to the album all in one go um i really liked it and 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 all these nagging doubts that because also it took a you know from the first demos to the final album it, it it took us a couple of years this time as well so if you spend so much time like not being sure about it and then you get it and you feel yes it's 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 as good as we um uh yeah, it's the best thing we could offer right now. And uh, we don't have to be afraid, I hope, that it stays behind other albums. Um, yeah. Then, only then can you relax and can you have a feeling like, okay, this was worth it. It worked out and um, we can wholeheartedly, you know, stand behind what we what we made. So in, in, in only in that sense for me, it's a little bit of a rebirth just because of the kick I got when I heard the final thing. Oh, that's good. That's fascinating because, say, if you've got that thing eating away at the back of your mind where you're worrying about it and then you at least get this stage where you can go, oh, okay, it, it exactly. was worth it. <laughs> exactly. And that's, the, that's, of course, the problem when you, when you work with an unpredictable resource like ideas <laughs> you know mm. like you, you 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 can't you know sit down and say i'm gonna write the masterpiece now because that's the one way to make sure you're not gonna write the masterpiece mm. <laughs> because of course it's up you know it's it's up to your knowledge and your technique and your taste what you do with the ideas that come but what ideas come to you is is not really up to you it's like what thoughts arrive in your head. It comes from somewhere, from some bit hard to describe place, and you have to work with whatever comes. So, yeah. you know, it's it's um, it makes this very exciting because you, you know, with the best of intentions, uh, sometimes you decide to pursue an idea that at the end turns out to be, yeah, not working that well <laughs> yeah you can so, spend 30 hours yeah. trying to put together a little bit of a structure of a song and inevitably yeah. it just doesn't work so you have to dump it exactly and it has happened to us i mean um for this album but also for the for the last two albums i remember that there were more songs lying around that we were feeling as strongly about as uh, about the songs that at the end did make it on the album but sometimes it's also not the song itself it's just that it turns out that it doesn't really fit in mm. In, with the with the rest of the album or if half the band hates it well then maybe you know <laughs> we don't have to include it and and in these things it's very important to have uh to have a boss in the band yes. who who can who can make these decisions if it's not automatically clear and on the other hand we have the we have a few great advantages the way we work because first of all you know this band has been around forever and we've all been making albums for a long time so it's not our first rodeo mm. and um that really helps to to feel confident about the process even if you have no clue what is going to come out 
and um, you know it'll you kind of know it'll all work out at the end <laughs> yeah exactly and um and the thing is also we are you know we are very good friends and uh, we we know each other also really well so um we we know each other well enough let's say to also tell each other if we don't like what the other is doing yes. <laughs> which occasionally <laughs> happens because the worst you can do is sort of settle for a compromise and put out something that you're not really convinced of because then you can just as well just skip the whole exercise and i don't know go on holiday instead <laughs> because yeah. because in in my experience because i've i mean i write music every day and i have been doing so for over 20 years um you you can sometimes just yeah sometimes it just doesn't yeah it just it just doesn't work or you mm. sometimes 10 years occasionally to realize oh this was actually a bad idea or a yeah. bad this actually went nowhere you know entire bands being set up around the concept that you know 10 years later you know like okay that didn't work <laughs> so, the fans yeah. as well um modern metal fans black metal fans and all that are pretty savvy if you're not putting your all into it and you're not convinced it'll come out on the record and they'll notice and punish you exactly. accordingly yes 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 and this is not only in black metal but i i'm convinced that um an audience is not stupid mm. and i mean there are stupid people in audiences as we all know <laughs> like on stage as well of course but um i think a public always has a sense of um authenticity like there, there is something to art and to music um that gives you a feeling if the the person who is you know whatever the person who made it really meant it or not if there's a genuine uh, creative uh, need behind it or if something was just made to to please the crowds or yeah. to fulfill the contract or whatever there is and it's very hard to describe you cannot put your finger on it it's impossible to 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 determine why you hear that but but i think even the drunkest audience in the world even the, the most saturated and snobbish audience in the world will still or on the other hand also the most uneducated audience in the world will always get a feeling like okay he means it or he or he doesn't and and somehow if you if you then put out something that while you were making it you already knew like more i don't know if that's really that hot than than you actually should know better and not release it because whatever you feel is missing in the beginning that feeling will just get more and more yeah. as time presses so it you're completely not consume you oh yes <laughs> so would you say then based off uh, your experience leading up to this album and the release and what you've heard from it so far that this is you at your most adaptable in regards to the songs as well because you realistically as you said well you could have put 12 interchangeable blackmail numbers and a segment a large segment would be satisfied with that bearing in mind your stature within the scene but you have done a few different things here for example isa has a guitar solo in it for goodness sake um two even yeah <laughs> it's that one at the end that really grabbed my attention the first time I listened to it it was like whoa okay <laughs> yeah, it's awesome <laughs> yeah it really is but yeah so it really shows a certain level of adaptability um which from what you're saying is kind of what it's been like uh yes i i i don't know if you refer to adaptability Mm, with this album or in general in general how... with you and how you approach yes uh yes definitely because i mean of course the, the, what the band is now grew out of a pure black metal band in the beginning even though even on the first album there are these sort of interludes and bits you know it was never a pure necro uh band actually mm. But how I always felt about this band, even before I joined them in 2007, because I've been friends with those guys for a long time, they, Dark Fortress always struck me first and foremost as a metal band. Mm -hmm. And only 
you know, in a in a in a secondary way, as uh, as a black metal band. I mean, of course, it is a black metal band, and there is no discussion about it. But um, none of us is listening only to black metal, of course. and that has also never been the case. So, so in general, just as 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 people, we are interested in 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 different things, and mm. even within metal, you know, we we. we there are not that many bands that we all agree on are the best in the world and stuff. So that is one thing, our tastes. And then, of course, you know, we, we, we also grew as musicians and a bunch of us also, you know, studied at the conservatory and became professional musicians. And then you, you have to learn a lot about other things and other genres because, yeah, you cannot study black metal at the conservatory yet. <laughs> so, um, so... Um, this means that we always bring potentially a lot of different ingredients to the table. And then, I mean, of course, not all of them are used, but it's very easy for us to, let's say, drift off and, and, and whatever, make some sort of bar jazz album. <laughs> that, that, that would totally be possible from who we are and how we work together. And we've done also different things together in other bands and stuff. So it's more really that we have the luxury to sit down and think like okay so what what is black metal for us right now like in like last year 2019 okay we see black metal as this and that and this is the the territory we give it this is what we feel belongs into it like for example also the the, the non-black metal sections i think they are completely crucial mm -hmm. um because they um they make sure that there's enough contrast so that when the next brutal section hits, it really hits you. Yes. If it's brutal, then you know you can turn off the album after ten minutes because it's all going to be the same. And some some bands are extremely good at that. Like one of my favorite bands, Cannibal Corpse. I mean, you could say they've been making the same album <laughs> since, the, since the beginning. But I love them, and somehow for them, this really works. Like a, one idea, a very clear style, a very clear concept, and uh, rather than uh, uh, searching for new things or changing directions or becoming experimental. I think a band like Cannibal Corpse probably decided like, no, this is our thing and let's just try to make this one thing as good as we can. Yeah. Another example is Meshuga, also, you know, one of the greatest metal bands of all times and my, my admiration for them is endless. I mm. love them. But also there... You can tell, like, no, they, they, it, it almost seems like a conscious decision. Like, no, we, we stay on the path that we chose, and we try to make that one thing better every time. Yeah. And then there, and then the other, um, uh, yeah, the other path is that you, you try to do something a little bit different every time. And yeah, in this band, I think both are. Uh, both are present because I, I for one, I would be bored to death doing always the same thing. It mm. Would be for me that would be the end of of my interest in what I'm doing, you know, because I I already know it, you know, and and parts of it are also as they always were, you know. Um, but luckily, we feel we have enough. Um, yeah, we have like even if it's just a little bit. Like I, I like to compare it with cooking, and if you try out, you know, different spices or different ingredients, or first you bake that thing and then you bake the other thing, and next time you turn it around, it it, it can yield slightly different results. Even though maybe, you know, you could say that what we are trying to achieve with an album, like the the album we are trying to make, it, it's almost you know, the same ambition every time around. Like, <laughs> uh, from a certain angle, you could say we're trying to make the same album every mm -hmm. time in terms of what we feel would be the perfect metal album or the yeah. perfect black album or the perfect Dark Fortress album or whatever. It's just that through the years, of course, your methods change, your tastes change, your also your tools change, and your the things that you are interested, you know, from one year to the other, these things also change. And that's mm -hmm. why you get different results, but I think there's still enough continuity that you can tell, okay, this is Dark Fortress. And yes. this, is, this is what's really important to me because, yeah, when, uh, I don't know, when, when, when Metallica released Load, yeah. I 
don't know where Metallic, the Metallica that I used to like went because they went into a totally different direction. I mean, mind you, if it's well done, no problem. It can be great. You know, I mean, there have been bands like Tiamat or Anathema and plenty of others who successfully managed to 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 transform into a different kind of band. Catatonia was another one, yeah. Amorphic was another one, and I think they did really fantastically, but it's it doesn't always work. Well, it's a rare <laughs> so. breed to be able to transform yourself completely, but you must have been helped um, by the fragmentation of genres. So it's all good and proper gone. Um, Dark Fortress are a black metal band, but that doesn't quite work anymore because... Is it atmospheric black metal? Is it an old school black metal? Is it a crust black metal band? And so on and so forth. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, I've been a composer for so many years. And I've, I mean, I've, I've done a lot of different things in my life as a musician. I, I used to be a flamenco guitarist for many years. And I've played all kinds of music. And, and, and exactly what I like about being a musician is that your work is not always the same. Mm. So... You know that that it's also to a certain degree up to you for sure if you are you know if you get paid to have ideas and be creative i think it's super essential to to keep challenging yourself because if you yourself aren't interested anymore in what you are writing then yeah then you get crap <laughs> you know <laughs> so so if anything then then what i've been doing all my adult life as a musician is trying to exactly tear down the walls between genres and to 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 get rid of all these stamps and yeah. and niches and 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 I, I think I think it's part of metal and it's also what makes metal unique. You know, it's awesome to have porn grind and you know a million different genres. It's it's part of the fun. But I don't think that it's the artists themselves that should decide upon these things. I think that is really something that that then the fans and the journalists and 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 everybody who is actually listening to the music they should decide where it belongs. But mm -hmm. if you're making it, it it's it's completely irrelevant what kind of stamp is going to be put at it at the end because the thing is if you decide in advance, okay, let's do a crust punk album. I mean, if that's truly what you want to do and that's all you want to do, fine, do it. But but if you limit your ideas before you can even have them, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Maybe the most awesome things that you could have come up with uh, are going to be lost because because you 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 narrow, you narrow your 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 view before even anything happens. So I think it's really important that you give yourself the freedom to let come out what wants to come out. That's mm. that's somehow this 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 artistic necessity, if you can call it that, or this this that you feel like this is something that I really need to say so I can you know, sleep again yeah. or whatever. Uh, uh, if you don't have this feeling, then yeah, better, you know, better do something else with your life. And if that thing takes you to an unexpected direction, you still have to follow it because maybe that's where you will find the thing that will, that will make you or, you know, or that will be your, your greatest achievement. So, so I try not to censor my ideas and also I'm an old fart. So, <laughs> I mean, I I grew up in the 80s, you know, and then, uh, of course, you had a few different genres, but everybody still went to all the metal concerts, at least out in the sticks where I grew up, because there wasn't so much around. So I hated glam metal, and I still do. But if there was a band coming to town, yeah, sure you go, because it's a metal concert. Yeah. So anyhow, I don't know this this sort of militant division of here is the boundary and you better not sing over a blast beat you know those kind of things mm. and they've this kind of thinking is so alien to me for because of when i grew up because of the work that i'm doing because of how we see music in this band and because of the things that i like that i can't even comment on it you know other than saying like yeah that whole discussion is is utterly irrelevant to me. And I think I, I remember from an 80s Metal Hammer interview with Lemmy. Yeah. He Because somebody asked him exactly this question, like, 
Motorhead, what you're doing, is this uh, rock and roll, heavy metal, speed metal, what it is, what is it? And, and he just said, like, well, you can call it reggae for all I care as long as we get to do it, you know, as long yeah, as you get. Yeah. And I, I, I couldn't say it better because, again, it's, you are not creating music because you want somebody to put a certain stamp on it. You know, that's the wrong reason to, mm-hmm. to create something. You create something because you feel you have to do it. And so, yeah, it's, it's, I, 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 I can really amuse myself with these, these, these endless discussions. Like, for example, no, Behemoth is not a black metal band. It's death metal. And people almost kill each other over yeah. it. Like, dudes, <laughs> you're talking about exactly nothing. Like, this, is a, this is a problem that has only been created so it can be enjoyed in a discussion, but it doesn't actually achieve a single fucking thing. <laughs> no, it's. <laughs> It's choosing sides in this warfare business. Is um, talking personally. I li- I was at a, a baby metal show the last few days oh. ago. Yes, oh. first time ever seen them live. There for review purposes. Not much of a fan of record, but was like, okay, gonna get there for free. Check them out live and review. And the very first thing that blew me away was as I went in the entrance, as I run into someone wearing a Napalm Death T-shirt and another person wearing it an Imagine Dragons T-shirt. And I was just like, yes, this is what people say about this. Is there's no divide here? Well, it's a fantastic example because that's a truly extreme metal band. I st- I'm still not sure if I can take it. And I've, I mean, I'm used to listening to the sickest, most abstract, most evil shit out there. But baby metal was really something that that, that showed me my limits. And I, I, <laughs> I mean, I love it only for that, that something can do that to me, you know, to, to, a, to a, a seasoned uh, music veteran that thinks that he has heard everything. If you can surprise me. You know, you get a thumbs up, even if I hate what comes yeah. out. But uh, I think it's fantastic, and somebody had to do it. It's a, it's a, it's a brilliant concept. Although I really pray I don't have to hear it all day long. <laughs> no, fair enough. So you've lived through, survived, and seen so many changes in the music world. I mean, your career is outstanding. How on earth have you managed to cope with the ever-changing world that we've lived in musically? Um, well, <laughs> the, on the um, on the downside, it's of course that what you do isn't worth anything anymore. I mean, it's a bit a polemic way of putting it, but not much because honestly, like to 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 pay any kind of bill from an extreme metal band is only for very few bands yeah. and only for the very 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 top of every extreme genre. A band like us can forget ever even thinking about making a living out of it, mm-hmm. which is also not why we are in this game. But, you know, after so many years, it would be nice to to know, like, OK, the next three months I can just focus on my work for the album and I don't have to do a thousand million other things in between because else I'm going to starve, you know? Yeah. So this obviously is a, is a huge problem. And also things like, you know, I mean, I, I, I love how accessible music has become in this digital way. And I'm all for it because it's great. If I want to hear a song, I go to YouTube or whatever, and and I can just listen to it. But the flip side of it is that, yeah, it's, you know, nobody has to make an effort for it anymore. A lot of people, you know, don't even consider paying for it. So that means automatically you do it for free. Yeah. Like you're, you're, you know, and, um, we are stupid enough or uh, passionate enough, maybe I should say, that we are still doing it. But um, that has made it really a lot more difficult because it basically means, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, we get a little uh, advance from the label to, to you know, to, for the recording costs and stuff. But the albums we make, we can only make them because... Um, our guitarist happens to have a studio and be a kick-ass metal producer. If if we had to pay like a regular price for a you know more or less standard good studio, 
we could afford maybe two weeks in such a studio. And that includes mixing and everything. So sure, you can make an album in two weeks, you know, where you record in one week, maybe record live and whatever, you know, a bit of a punky. uh, (laughs) uh, Uh, And then... um, and then you hand it in, and who knows? Maybe the album is as good as what we are making, which takes us, you know, six months or whatever. But um, the days that, you know, that you get more money than you need for the absolute, absolute, you know, tear-filled minimum of doing things, those days are well and truly over. So, so from that side, from the business side of it, it's horrible. It's mm. really, it's a, it's a fucking joke. Uh, pardon my French, but it's, it's, yeah. It, you better not think about this as a musician because else, you know, you, <laughs> you, you, you draw conclusions that are very unpleasant. On the other hand, though, all this digital revolution has brought um, uh, accessibility to music from everywhere from everyone and from all times as well that there has never been even remotely such a richness of music of inspiration that you can draw from and of things that are happening so Mm. music itself is developing uh exponentially because of this because you know on your phone you can just play a riff to your friend in Tasmania and that same night he you know he finishes the song and the day later it's on YouTube and you know it's it exists all this that so that the how should I say that the the technological aspects and the logistics of making music have been completely made available to almost everybody like Mm. you have no excuses anymore these days back in the days you needed a label you needed a studio you needed you know a a lot of stuff nowadays you can make really quite decent things with almost nothing i mean almost everybody has a computer and can afford some kind of microphone and some kind of guitar and well there you go so this is fantastic and and i'm not one of these people that would like to turn back time because i think that would be insane and Mm. i think in general it's just a very new situation now and and i'm hoping that the world and also the way that that it's all organized will adjust itself a little bit uh, in favor of the people who are creating all this content because as it currently stands it's that what we do is, is like in a, in a in a business sense it's worth pretty much nothing mm. sure we get fees for concerts but um, yeah also that is usually eaten up by travel costs and you know van rentals and and whatever so at the end of the day even though uh, metal has very uh, faithful fans, and those faithful fans also faithfully support the bands. You know, they're buying merch, T-shirts, and special editions of LPs. We have fantastic fans, but mm. altogether, it's just not enough in the current situation to really make it, you know, sustainable. At least, you know, in a, in that way. And and I know that we are not the only ones who have this problem because I think all producers of digitally copyable uh, stuff like photographers, writers, filmmakers, and so forth. We all have the same problem and we all need to um, maybe, you know, look for a slightly better way of of organizing it in the future because um, if we let it slide and, and if the world in general decides like, yeah, we demand our art for free, we demand that you slave away uh, and you get nothing for it. That will only lead to really crappy art because yes. it, we already feel that, that you know, for, for, for every hour I put into Dark Fortress, I have to first um, make that hour available from my other work, which yeah. means like if, if you put half your time into your band, you have to work twice as hard <clears throat> in the rest of your time in order to, to create this, this opportunity because you know your mu- your your music lets you starve mm-hmm. and, and that's really terrible and and honestly i mean i don't want to go into politics but um our um mm, our um, model of society uh, like our, our capitalist model which you know it's a good idea i don't i don't want to say 
I don't want to say capitalism is not is not working or whatever, but it has the flip side that everything is only judged by, uh, in quantitative terms. You know, yeah. it's like how how much how much money does it make? How much do you put in? How much do you get out? How many people are going to get rich from it? And so forth. It's all just down to numbers and to counting things. The question what you are making, and maybe if what one guy makes is has maybe a different value than can be expressed purely in how you know how many people bought an album or something that whole question is not part of of the system that we're living in so so the system decidedly doesn't help the situation and um i think also there a little bit of of um uh yeah modifying how we how we view everything and if we shouldn't think about other values than only monetary value a bit more um, is something that I think should happen maybe anyhow in society. And, and we, uh, in, in our field of work, we, 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 f- we get the full brunt of the, of the impact of these developments. And, and maybe capitalism is on its way out, I don't know, after the next brutal crash that sends the world into a recession, maybe things change or whatever. I, I'm, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know very little about this in in political terms, but I do know that the current system is not ideal Mm. for certain important aspects of our society. And this includes, you know, um, qualitative values, uh, identity, like philosophy. What, What value do you put on philosophy? If you look at the numbers, you may as well get rid of it altogether. Yes. On the other hand, if nobody thinks about what we are doing and where we should be heading and if it's all, you know, good and proper, then, yeah, we, we become a barbaric society, you know, like social Darwinism, survival of the strongest, richest, fittest, whatever. So, you know, there are certain questions that will need answering in, in the years to come because there are developments that make life very difficult for certain people. Yeah. Yeah, particularly, as you said, on a musician front. It's interesting as well, because from a fan base who often... When when you when this question comes up, we like to ask this question to a lot of bands, because it often generates your kind of response, where passion... And one of the things uh, musicians are coy about is openly saying, look, man, help us out. Buy a ticket, buy some merch and all that, because you're seen as being greedy or selling out or what you should love doing this and be doing it for the art, you know, and it's infuriating. Yeah, it's true. But uh, honestly, I mean, just from my experience and also having gotten to know the people that support us and that come to our concerts a little bit, we can't complain to them because they're already supporting us and because they're already doing their best. So if anything, we owe them, you know, we owe them for their for their support. At least we owe them to keep it going and to do our very best always. And we owe them respect because honestly, you know, it's an honor if other people, you know, spent their hard earned money on the bullshit you thought of um, on your couch. You know? But uh, but um, I think the problem goes deeper than that, and it has to do with, for example, a more uh, fair distribution of revenue that comes from streaming services, whatever. I mean, if you look at what Spotify pays their artists, while they've grown into a global company that is basically taking over how music is being consumed, it's an absolute disgrace. Mm -hmm. And uh, you could say the same for YouTube. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) After the... After the first video clip I made with Dark Fortress, uh, Edge of Night, back in 2008, we're very curious to see what happens. And after the video had 140,000 clicks, we got the, you know, the, 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 what do you call it? The, the, the author's rights money. Yeah. The, 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 not the, not the royalties as a recording artist, but the royalties as, as an author. And it was 60 euro cents for the entire band. <laughs> so, yeah, I got, okay. I think I got, I got 20 of those uh, 60 cents because I wrote the lyric and I wrote the lyric uh, together with my wife. So, you know, we, we, we spread 20 cents between the two of us for 140,000 clicks. Now, I know we're not, you know, really big, but it really 
does make you wonder like how many fans would you have how many albums would you have to sell nowadays in order to feel it you know in order to think like oh hey i can pay the next three months rent from the three months that i put into this work you know well you almost do the maths don't you you go okay you got paid that for 140 so 10 times that and we hit a million and that's Ooh, still nothing. Six euros. Yeah. <laughs> and it, uh, we get this question sometimes um, uh, from fans, you know, that we meet at concerts or something. So this guy asked me, so what do you do with all the money? Mm-hmm. And then I said, well, on a good day, we buy, us, we buy ourselves a coffee on the way back on the highway. You know, <laughs> like, it's, and... And I understand how it's how this is hard to understand for the fans. And honestly, the fans are the last people to bother with this with this stuff because, I mean, that's not what it's about. We want them to enjoy the music, and that's it. You know, they should have a chance to get lost in the worlds that we, you know, build yeah. for them, and not whine to them about our, our our personal or financial problems or something. I think it's more down to the to the companies and to well basically to everybody who is earning the money that comes in with our work mm-hmm. to 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 take a voluntary and and um, and well balanced step towards fairness because as it is we are we are slaves we are yes. being exploited and we are the last people to ever see any you know, any reward for what we're doing other than the, the non-material uh, reward, so, which yeah. is great. I mean, that's, 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 um, that's always there. And it's, you know, it's still fun to do it. But if you think about it from a, from a work or a business kind of view, it's really like, you know, I'm, 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 I catch myself looking for a flamethrower to, <laughs> to take to certain offices because, I mean, it's, it's a travesty, man. It's, if you if you go to a baker and you say, give me that bread and I'm not going to pay you for it. And where the fuck is it? I, I wanted it today. And you're saying you still need an hour to finish it. Uh, I'm going to, you know, <laughs> I'm going to smear you all over the Internet because, yeah. uh, you know, and this is this is how it happens. You know, it's, it's, it's happened to us that some somebody complains on our website or on our social media pages why the album that we are still recording hasn't leaked yet. I mean. Get into this mindset, and then, <laughs> yeah, what? it's really it's. Uh, <laughs> get this, but but you know, people don't think people take you for granted. We are being taken completely and utterly for granted, and and honestly, you know, you're you're making a lot of effort. You work for months on something, and then it's finally being released, and it does feel a little bit strange. If I mean, luckily we get good reactions and good reviews, but you know, if you then see the trolls that are just like. Kind of, you know, threatening to kill you for offering offering them free stuff. You go like, dude, you know, like, do you ever think about how no, all this works? Not. From and but honestly, this is not this is not just internet trolls. This is also the people that, for example, in my in my other work as a, as a as a composer, negotiating about payment or whatever. People seem to think that this kind of stuff just grows on trees you know or that you wake up and you scratch your armpit and there's your album no that's not how it works you know and once again uh, it's I'm, I'm sitting here whining as a as a musician but i know that a lot of other people in other fields have the exact same problem and maybe even you know 10 times as bad so it's 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 fundamental questions of of a just division of what is there that everybody can be happy with because as it stands right now a lot of us are being left behind in many different ways while a few uh turn a huge profit from it and that's what has to be tackled and not for the sake of myself or for music but just general you know general justice yeah well see you know if you, if you never do anything you can argue like well then you don't deserve to get anything but if you you know if you supply the stuff that people click on that makes a company like spotify rich well bloody reward us you know yeah <laughs> with I'd... something at least even if it's symbolic but how it is now it's just like you, you, you can't believe if you see the numbers like it's 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 like nuclear physics numbers <laughs> like there are so many zeros behind the comma before there's any kind of real number <laughs> yeah. which you get per scrubble or whatever it's it's uh it's absolutely ri- ridiculous and this needs to end i don't um 
I don't see this as whining. I see this as um, what's the word I'm looking for? I see this as uh, spreading awareness. What you described with the person who comes to you and asks, hey, how do you spend all your money? There is still a large proportion of fans that believe you guys, for example, off this new album could sell a million copies digitally. And that Mm. makes you all millionaires, which, of course, is so far from the truth. (laughs) That's what needs to change. (laughs) <laughs> it's you know you you, you can't buy uh, you know if, if I take my car to be fixed I can't pay him in likes <laughs> <You know? laughs> and and this is the trap huh? because uh, one thing is is uh, whatever financial compensation and the other thing is attention and we're getting a lot of attention I mean it's mm. awesome I'm not at all complaining about that I'm I'm I'm, I'm still surprised after all these years to see that um, you know you release a new track and it gets you know, a couple of thousand clicks every hour. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, it's, that's, that's just one side of it. And, and you can't bite off that attention or those likes or the, or the clicks or whatever until those likes and clicks are translated into a fairer yeah. division of the, of the revenue. But anyway, this is, uh, this is pretty much all I, <laughs> I can extract from my, uh, from my brain today about this. No, it's <laughs> fascinating. It's fascinating. <laughs> um, so you clearly have very little free time considering your day job and Dark Fortress and so on. Mm-hmm. But if you do get an opportunity and to sit back, what, what, what does a man like you like to do to relax? Oh, man, my favorite thing in the whole world is uh, walking on glaciers. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I, I, like, after, after all these years that I've been busy with culture, basically, so music and, you know, studying it and making it every day um, and looking for my kicks there, mm. Um more and more, I'm realizing that I get my inspiration and my kicks out of nature. And of course, because we live behind computers, I live in the Netherlands, which is a country with basically no single spontaneous tree in all of its territory. You know, it's a it's a completely artificial country, which is a miracle in itself. Mm. And I love, but you know, you need contrast. So yeah. it's like it's like in the music. You know, you need that clean part. So. <laughs> Uh, in order for the next blast beat to work. So in order f- to enjoy the next opera that you have to write, you need to get out and you need to see something else. So this this sort of hunger took me to to uh, to travel more. And, and I love hiking. And, and the best feeling in the world for me is, I mean, the best legal feeling in the world for me is, <laughs> is just being a tiny little ant in a landscape so much bigger than me that I am reminded that I am completely and utterly irre- irrelevant and that I should just be happy that I get to enjoy it and that I get mm. to be there and get to see it. And um, so, yeah, this is, this is what I like to do most, uh, you know, in my, in my free time. I mean, there's other things I like. I love cooking and, uh, you know, I could spend years without playing a single note of music by now, <laughs> but yeah. But uh, the the most fascinating and the most beautiful thing that I've encountered in in in, in years is is yeah the beauty that that nature creates and then specifically everywhere where there's ice and everywhere where there are volcanoes and the very best combination is the two together like in Iceland or in Chile or in Antarctica and you know it's it's if if you you as a tiny little insignificant uh, ape descendant with a very short lifespan can experience the forces that have shaped this planet like if the, like in iceland when the ground is is literally boiling underneath your feet when you can look into a in, you know into the caldera of a volcano and you see the molten earth in there or the new earth being created right in front of your eyes or then conversely with the glaciers if you if you see the incredible shapes and colors which also are you know we made the the, the album artwork out of uh, my photos yeah, <laughs> just, okay. just because it's the it's 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 the most beautiful thing 
that I've seen in, in recent years. And once I started discovering this world, there was no way back mm. because, you know, once you open your eyes to the beauty around you, no matter if it's this or something else, man, once you find something and you, you go for it, it doesn't end. And this has taken me to, 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 to places and to, to places also in my mind that I never thought I would end up like I'm, I'm, I'm now super fascinated, for example, by, by geology, by cosmology and by the questions like how this beautiful thing, this beautiful universe or planet around me, how does this work? You know, because if you're, if you're exposing yourself to it, at some point these questions come like, yeah, but why, why is it like this? Why does it look like this? Why? Does this mountain have this shape? And then, you know, you you start reading about it, you learn about it, and 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 very slowly, you start to get a slight feeling for the the, the connections between things and by how everything is working together. And and discovering this machine, just this 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 incredible, yeah, it's almost like an organism around you where where everything is connected and where a few simple laws of nature conspire to create the most complex and most undescribable beautiful things and create life itself and you know there's a miracle on every corner this is what these days inspires me without end there is no doubt you hear it in your voice and from your reaction the passion you exude from it Oh, yeah. it, I have very little interest in what you described. However, the way you described it's made me go, man, I've got to do that. <laughs> well, I, I uh, you know, I spent more than 20 years basically just doing nothing else but music until it was time to, you know, to check out something else. Because also, if you, you know, if you're doing always the same, then you become a bit blind to what you're doing or you lose mm, perspective a little yeah. bit. Yeah, perspective. And, and and this outbreak into something completely different, it has given me such a perspective that, that I'm actually really happy also now, again, after this sort of burnout-like situation to, to sit down and come up with music because it has a place and I, I still like it, but it's not everything that exists anymore. How should I say it? It's, it's, it's not the only thing I'm interested in anymore. Let me put it's it like this. expanded your world and your horizons. It, I did. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Right. Last but not least, then, finally, back to Dark Fortress. So 2020. So obviously you've got oh, the, the opera first, really. I guess that's going to be the priority after the album release. But the rest of 2020, <laughs> are you kind of basically planning to throw yourself all into Dark Fortress, be it going out on the road and so on? Mm, yes, uh, up to a certain point that mm. is possible to us because, you know, all of us have either other bands or other careers going on or jobs or kids or whatever. So unfortunately, um, the time, the, the amount of weeks per year we can put into the band is somewhat limited. Mm. But we do want to go as far as is possible to us this year and and... In recent years, we haven't played that much. So we're actually really looking forward to first a handful of release shows now yeah. in, in March. And then if things work out, so, you know, fingers crossed with an inverted cross. <laughs> um, we, If we get the visa that have been applied for, we are also going to go to the U.S. because we've been invited by the Maryland Death Fest and the California Death Fest. And we are, it, it would mean the world to us to get over there because... We've always had a lot of fans across the pond and the first two albums have been released by an American label. So mm. in a way, Dark Fortress owes its career to, you know, getting support from, from the States for sure yeah. in the beginning. And we've never played over there. So if that if that happened this year, this would be a huge feather in our cap. Yeah. And then in the fall, we're going to do the usual little tour uh, in Europe. Yeah which right now is being in the works. So we haven't announced anything space, yet, yep. but yeah, exactly. And then after that, we'll see, we'll do, I think we have three summer festivals confirmed, uh, Metal Days, uh, Gothum in uh, Slovakia. And 
uh, something else somewhere, which uh, at the moment I can't think of it. Just, you know, just, just check our website Social or our media MySpace. And stuff, and yeah. Exactly. It's all, it's all announced there. But we, we greatly look forward to, to being out on the road a bit more than, than recently. And it's, it's also time to do that. So, and after that, we'll see. But uh, for now, we, we look forward to this. And, well, in between, we do all our other stuff. Like my, after the opera, my next, um, let's say, paid project is uh, um, I'll make music for a dance production um, okay. inspired by the Moonlight Sonata by Beethoven with an, uh, an Indian choreographer and a couple of dancers and a couple of classical musicians, and I'll also play along with it. So, again, something totally different. I don't, but this is how I it. like it. <laughs> Already yeah. you confused me. I'm like, I know the, I know that piece. Indian choreographer, you, <laughs> and and the choreographer wants. Uh, she 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 specifically wanted something of metal going on there as well. So we'll have a cello and a classical percussionist and me on guitar, and then it's. I mean, this is my job. Huh? Fun. You you have. You always you have a couple of ingredients in front of you at the table, and then you have to make sense of it. And this is it's it's wonderful because sometimes it it, it takes a long time before you can think your way through a certain corkscrew. But it that's the fun part of it. Yep. Like two things or three things or ten things that have zero to do with each other, what connects them? And then you start thinking and you start. You know, in your head, you're you're trying out a million different things, or maybe in real life also, before you find something that works. But if you do, you have something new, and that's uh, that's a highly highly satisfying side effect of of doing this work. So, I I like a challenge like that. Yeah, you do. You can tell. I think that's the perfect place to wrap it up. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Carl, and um, yeah, thank you very much for uh, for giving us the time. And um, well, we hope to uh, see you and everybody over there soon. Thank you very much for watching. You can check us out on gbhbell.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. Go to Patreon to help us out over there. That's patreon.com forward slash gbhbl, as well as Big Cartel, where you can find some of our merchandise. We have a podcast running on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, and of course, if you like this video. Do us a favour, hit the subscribe button and help the channel grow. Games, horror and heavy metal, what else is life for?